and A to Z of the Holy Land, from Arab to Zion, with Ed Kessler, Founder-Director of the Wolf Institute. Episode 15, O for Ottomans. Tell your emperor where my power has reached, the emperor's dreams cannot even reach. Sultan Mehmed II, to the Byzantine emperor's ambassador, shortly before conquering Constantinople in 1543. For nearly five centuries, the Ottoman Empire governed a vast land that, at its height, spread across the Balkans, Asia Minor, the Middle East and North Africa, and included Jews, Christians and others, as well as Muslims. Although the Ottomans imposed discriminatory laws and special taxes on both Christians and Jews, they granted communities considerable autonomy in the conduct of their cultural and religious life. This became known as the millet system. Dimis, that's non-Muslims living in a Muslim state, were allowed to operate courts and follow their own legal systems for most cases. Ruling from the sublime port, the Ottomans offered a better life for Jews than Christian rulers, for example, welcoming refugees from the Spanish Inquisition. Most had a religious, not national identity and were called Jews, son of Arabs, Yahud al-Walab Arab. Should we conclude, therefore, that Ottoman rule in the Holy Land was one of harmony between Muslims, Christians and Jews? The first British High Commissioner for Palestine, Herbert Samuel, thought so. In 1920, he wrote that he had found one Palestine complete. Soundscape of the Old City of Jerusalem. Many would dispute this, not least Armenians who live in Jerusalem today and are descended from the refugees from the Armenian Genocide perpetrated by the Ottomans in 1915. The genocide took place during a period of increased Ottoman authoritarianism that also affected Arab-supporting Palestinian independents who were in prison or executed. By the late 19th century, the Ottoman Empire was in terminal decline, unable to cope with a new challenge, nationalism, including Zionism, then a new Jewish national movement. Ottoman power had been growing weaker for some time. Palestine was threatened by invasion from Napoleon in 1799 and from Russia during the Crimean War. They briefly lost control to Muhammad Ali Pasha, known as the founder of modern Egypt, but regained the Holy Land with the help of Britain, which had plans to absorb it into the British Empire. Such was Palestinian resentment in 1917 that the Jerusalemite Washiv Yauhariya recorded in his memoirs that he was dancing in the streets with my friends and raising toasts to Britain when they ended Ottoman tyranny and despotism. Within a few years, however, this cursed occupation was a curse for our dear country, and he demonstrated against the British and the Jewish immigration that was allowed. Yet it was the Ottomans, not the British, who first opened the gates to Jewish settlers. Whilst there were some restrictions, such as the requirement to take Ottoman citizenship before purchasing land, tens of thousands of Jews immigrated into Palestine in the last decades of Ottoman rule. In 1901, Theodore Herzl met Sultan Abdul Hamid II, who expressed a hope that Zionism would benefit the Ottomans, although he didn't acquiesce to Herzl's request to lease the Holy Land to Jews. 
At that time, much of the land was owned by absentee landlords and leased to impoverished and generally illiterate tenant farmers. By the 19th century, the Western powers were closely observing Ottoman decline and jockeyed for position. British and French scholars launched studies of biblical geography and archaeology. Schools were founded, libraries established and newspapers published. One consequence was the development of active Palestinian political participation and the Palestinian bourgeoisie became an elite in the Arab world. The Call to Prayer from the Al-Aqsa Mosque Britain, France, Germany and Austria also began to compete in improving transport. The Suez Canal was built in 1869 and the Jaffa-Jerusalem railway line opened in 1892. Although the canal was constructed by French engineers, Britain became the largest shareholder when it bought up the stock from the Ottoman governor in 1875 and retained control until the Suez Crisis in 1956. When in the early 19th century the population of Ottoman Palestine had reduced to approximately 275,000 inhabitants, including 7,000 Jews and 22,000 Christians, by the end of the century it had grown to about 600,000, of which 90% were Arabs and 10% Jews. From the 1880s, a series of Jewish immigration began, mainly from Eastern Europe, although the first wave included Yemeni Jews, fleeing anti-Semitism. Clashes between the newcomers and native inhabitants soon followed. Although the Balfour Declaration sealed the future of the Holy Land, this only became clear with hindsight. The Great Arab Revolt of 1916 might have led to another outcome. Led by Sheriff Hussein of Mecca and his sons, it set in motion a series of events that hastened the collapse of Ottoman rule, with the expectation that the British would support Arab independence after the end of the First World War. The British were indeed keen to fulfill their promises, but not to the Arabs, as the secret Sykes-Picot agreement showed, disclosed publicly in November 1917 by the Russian Bolsheviks to the embarrassment of France and Britain. They had agreed to divide Ottoman territory into zones of influence. However, one important outcome that the Arab revolt achieved was that it sowed the seeds of a transnational Arab awakening already noticed by the British commander of the Egyptian expeditionary force, Edmund Allenby. He recognized the value the Arab army played in the Battle of Megiddo in September 1918. As a result of his victory, the Ottomans surrendered, and on December the 9th, Ottoman rule in the Holy Land came to an end. The British were now in control of Syria, Palestine, and Mesopotamia. The Ottoman Empire was broken up after the Sevra Peace Treaty in 1920, when Mustafa Kemal, better known as Kemal Ataturk, emerged and became the first president of Turkey. A century later, his successor looked back wistfully to... Our ancestors had acted with such great delicacy and sensitivity that it is impossible not to remember them with gratitude and longing, given today's cruelty. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, President of Turkey The rulers from the sublime port would have looked favorably upon Erdogan's policies in the Middle East today, including his interference in the Syrian civil war and attempts to reassert Turkish influence over the Holy Land. 
drifts returning to nest near the western wall. <laughs> 